0: Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations.
1: Uh, greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's podcast. I'm John Howard. and joined by my colleague, Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is uh, journalist extraordinaire, Dan Moraine, uh, who also now is an author and who has a Upcoming book coming out on Kamala Harris called Kamala's Way, which I'm reading right now, and I can tell you it's really good. Dan, welcome very welcome and thanks for coming.
2: Well, so great to be back, John and Tim.
1: Why Kamala Harris? Why? Uh, what made you want to do a want to do a book on Kamala Harris?
2: Well, the the opportunity came my way. Um, you know, there was a there was a publisher Simon and Schuster, which wanted a book about Kamala Harris, and there was an agent uh, uh kar who wanted uh, uh, somebody to write a book about about kamala harris and so it it, just, it all came together and it fell into my lap and uh you know the reality is that there were um there are people in california who have covered kamala harris over the years um and i won so you know i figured well okay i could give this a shot i've never written a book uh, she's a
1: Was it different than, um, you find this a different process than reporting out a long-form enterprise piece, for example. You were at the L.A. Times for many years, 27 years, I think, Uh, and then later, of course, went to the B as an editorial page editor. But you've done a lot of long-form writing. So was this kind of a labor of love? Was it fun to do this, or was this a lot of hard work and made you sweat from time to time?
2: Yes, to all of the above. It was a labor <laughs> of love. I mean, I found it, I found it so interesting to, um, you know, really intensively um, look at a person who I had reported on. I mean, I did several um, columns and, and editorials uh, uh, focused on her when I was at the B, and I did some stories about her when I was at the L.A. Times. Um, and then also at Cal Matters, I you know I watched her as a, as a U.S. senator um, from from that perch, um, but really just to 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 understand um, in greater detail some of the decisions she made and um, and, and her her thought process. Now th- this was I was reporting this. Uh, in september and october and early november right so so it was a very sort of intense uh, period of, of of reporting and uh, you know, i had the help of some, some great researchers and, and and reporters who were who were helping me on this uh, but um, you know i came to understand her decisions in, in ways that i just didn't in you you guys know well the pressures of, of daily journalism and and column writing and editorial writing uh, are not very different from that. You're on a deadline; you, you have to get it done. Well, I had a deadline here too, but I had a little bit more time to to think these things through and to and and to and to write in, in a slightly different way or ho- hopefully interesting way. Um, uh, and Again, to learn, um, uh, to learn more, basically, well, based on on interviews with people around her, um, to get a greater understanding of of,
1: of, the, of her thought process. You know, there's so many characters. Uh, there's so many characters in San Francisco politics, local San Francisco politics. It's it's. Pretty amazing to me. It's sort of a heated echo chamber in a lot of ways, and she navigated that pretty adroitly. Uh, and some of these names pop up now, and they were out and ten, fifteen years ago, they were back in San Francisco. The One that really stood out for me was Kimberly Glafoyle, who you know was in the Alameda county DA's office, and if I understood it right, she later complained that Harris sort of engineered her ouster there, and of course, Foyle went on you know, to marry Gavin Newsom, then divorce, uh, get a divorce from Gavin Newsom, and now is one of the Trump sons. Was it Eric? Uh, she's uh, no, Donald Jr. Donald? Yeah, she was, she, um, it, 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 is, it
2: is so interesting, isn't
1: it,
2: John, intended that they, the, um, there's a lot of foreshadowing here. Um, mm-hmm. So, Kimberly Gufoyle, um was, uh, I believe, a 26-year-old attorney, so a young attorney, deputy district attorney in um, in the San Francisco District Attorney's Office. Uh, Terrence Hallinan uh, was elected, and he uh, went through and and he fired a bunch of people, gave, gave a bunch of people pink slips, and she was one who got a pink slip. Uh, uh, she uh, went down to Los Angeles and, and practiced law down there, uh, and then um, after Hallinan took office sometime later, um, uh, he hired a chief deputy who rehired Kimberly Dufoyle. and... Um, and uh, and story—I don't know whether it's true. Uh, you know, it certainly was reported by the San Francisco Chronicle, which, which, by the way, did a great job of of, of covering um, Harris as, as as district attorney. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, she got rehired, and, and Goufoil's claim was 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 that was that Harris had tried to tried to block that. Harris denied it. Yeah, you know, there are two people who know the truth. That one says one thing, one says the other thing. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I I leave it to the reader's imagination what what happened, what may have happened there. Hard to hard to know.
1: One thing about Harris really struck me was uh, she has a very good, very good antenna uh, for financing a account- camp She does not have or did not have personal resources, but she hooks up with, uh, who is a very impressive, a guy named Mark Buell. Until I read your book, I'd never heard of him. I didn't know that he was sort of a kingmaker, fundraiser, fundraiser. Um, money campaign management kind of person for many politicians, including Bill Clinton and Nancy Pelosi, Dianne Feinstein and others, had gone to his uh, penthouse apartment there in San Francisco at various times for strategy sessions. And he was very impressed with uh, Kamala Harris and helped her raise money. And I, I think at one point he offered to be her campaign finance chairman i'm picturing a guy must be pretty cynical and wise to the ways of california politics but this young politician he was interested in helping and that struck me as a critical point uh for kamala harris in san francisco and getting a political uh machine going and she raised or political organization going machine isn't the right word and she raised a lot of dough pretty quickly um
2: yeah, Mark Buell is married to Susie Thompson's Buell, um, who, uh, whose wealth derives from a clothing uh, company that she and her then-husband uh, founded. Um, we all bought there's Many of us bought clothes from the North Face and Esprit. That was her, her brand. Um, uh-huh. So she... She has um, she has money, and then Mark Buell has has money in his own right. They were high school friends, um, and then after uh, a period of time, they 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 reunited as as as, as adults and, and got married. So uh, the the Buells live in this fabulous place uh, uh, that I've never been to their apartment, but I have been to an apartment in that building, and and it's a it's a thrill one window and you see the red headlands and golden gate bridge and you can you can see out to the ocean um and then you can l- look in another direction and and see uc berkeley and 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 the tower there and on down to the to the airport <laughs> down the peninsula it's, it's just an amazing place
0: ah uh, how the uh, other half well actually the other one percent lives
2: Kamala Harris's first campaign chair. Um, And she announced her candidacy for district attorney in 2002, at the end of 2002. And the goal was to raise at least $100,000. And she did it with Mark Buell's help. Uh, A lot of fundraisers, uh, uh, obviously, in Pacific Heights and Presidio Heights.
1: Harris was also uh, all in early, uh, relatively early for, for Barack Obama and had actually had a, you know, a campaign um, finance relationship with him. And he came out, as you'd mentioned in the book, he came out and she helped him put that together. Uh, he was appreciative of that and later came out in an event that she had when he was uh, in Chicago. She went back to Chicago uh, when he was elected and this is in a state that was heavily Hillary at that time at least when she did it, does that relationship still I mean are they still relatively politically are they they still keep in touch do you know or
2: well I've, I've never had a conversation with, with President Obama and I I have little doubt but that, but that Vice President Elect Harris and President Obama have, uh, have a relationship and I, and I think a friendship um uh-huh. They they really do go back to 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 her beginning and, and really his beginning on on the national stage. He was a state senator uh, from uh, representing a district on the south side of Chicago when he first came out to yeah. San Francisco to to, uh, to raise money and 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 she was there. Um, and then uh, when she began her rise in politics, he was there for her. Um, so it was a quite a reciprocal um, uh, relationship in in the two thousand. for him um, uh, uh, in Northern California I mean I you know, talked to her in that context um, I, I saw her in, in, in Iowa uh, caucusing in December and, and early January December of 2007 early January 2008 when Obama uh, won the caucus um, uh, we stood not very far from one another uh, in the, uh, I think it was the hy Center and, and uh, Convention Center in, in uh, Des Moines uh, when Obama gave that victory speech on the, uh, on the night of his victory at the Iowa Caucus. Um, so yeah, she was, you know, she was there. Um, and, and then he was there when, when she ran for uh, California Attorney General. Um, you guys will recall that the, the race for California Attorney General in 2010 was very, very close, and it had become nationalized. The uh, uh, Republicans nationally were, were contributing, money uh, uh, on behalf of, of her Republican opponent, Los Angeles uh, District Attorney, uh, County District Attorney um, Steve Cooley. They spent, you know, in excess of a million dollars uh, to help Cooley uh, get over the finish line. Obama responded by coming out uh, to help her raise money in uh, at, in Atherton at the helm of uh, uh, former California Controller Steve Wesley, um, and then also appeared for her down in down in Los Angeles um, in the leading up to, to that race, and and you know she she, she won. It was a real squeaker. Um, she didn't win by uh, many votes, but she won, and um, and. The rest is, uh, you would say, it's uh, kind of
1: history. You know, I remember about that race um, was her announcement of an advisory committee, basically a group of advisors that had a lot of people in it. uh, But it ran the gamut from, you know, remember George Schultz was one of the people in that. I remember that. And I think, I can't remember if, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, if... uh, I can't remember now who the others were, but there were some definitely in the progressive side, on the left side, and then you had Schultz and other um, Republicans. It seemed to be about everybody was in that advisory committee, but me. I mean, everybody was in that committee, and uh, I don't know. And it it, it was it kind of raised uh, an alarm bell in my mind about um, sort of the classic political stances. Try to be everything to everybody, and it's very difficult to do that. And I saw some of that in her role as Attorney General, and I definitely saw some of that in her um, role as uh, District Attorney in San Francisco, and you'd raise, you know, some of these issues, uh, you know, in your book as well. So I, I got the sense, and I've had the sense, it stuck with me, that she's a very cautious politician in many ways, at least in some Critical policy areas that affect that affected her job as a law enforcement officer. Um, do you think is is that valid? Do you think that conclusion, or am I overstating it? do You think?
2: Well, um, one of the names you were searching for there was uh, uh, Warren Christopher. So her her that first committee that she announced it at at the inauguration with her inaugural speech uh, given in Sacramento. Uh, she announced that George Christopher. Is, George Schultz uh, and uh, <laughs> maybe
1: Tom was, Hayden was on that list too. I, yeah, can, yeah, I can't remember if uh, Tom Hayden was on that uh, list. Yeah, I think, I
2: think <laughs> George Christopher's time had passed, but anyway, George Schultz yeah. uh, and and Warren Christopher were uh, were were on that committee. Of course, both former secretaries of state, and uh, uh, so you could tell from the very get go that that she had her eyes on other problems. Uh, there just is not a lot of role for uh, Secretary of State in the California Attorney General's office. But anyway, there they were, on, on her transition team. Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, you, you know, cautious is, is, is it, it's certainly a word that I use more than once in editorials and in columns that I wrote. Uh, but uh, as I was researching the book, Calmer's Way, I... Um, uh, you know, I, 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 mean, I think all politicians are cautious. I think all politicians are, are careful. I, I sort of rethought the word cautious though. I mean, I think that what she does is, is, um, engages in fights that are of her choosing. She, she avoids fights that are not of her choosing, um, and it, is that cautious? Is that is that being a good politician?
0: I was going to say that seems uh, savvy. I, pardon me. That seems savvy to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for for example, she uh, was under pressure when she was running for the U.S. Senate in 2016 to file a lawsuit against uh, Donald Trump in in over the Trump University. Uh, uh, that he ran, the, or, you know, that, that that business, for-profit business, Trump University. And uh, uh, she was being criticized uh, uh, by her opponent, Loretta Sanchez, um, for, for not suing Trump. Well, you know, she had investigated it. She had a staff of people looking at it. She didn't file that lawsuit. Was that cautious, or was it uh, more a conclusion that, well, you know, resources are limited better to go after uh, a bigger fish and, and in fact she she was pressing litigation against uh, Corinthian colleges Inc which was the California based organization that had tens of thousands of, of California uh, students uh, who were uh, who had taken out tens of thousands of dollars in loans uh, to finance their their education at Corinthian. And her conclusion was, the conclusion of, of others, other authorities was was that these degrees were were not worth the money. So while, you know, some people were out some money uh, who had signed on to the Trump University seminars, I, I think her conclusion was that that you just you, you would um, uh, you would be better off focused on. Uh, entities such as Corinthian which had a bigger impact on a greater number of people who could not afford it and Corinthians students were you know veterans people without a lot of money uh, many of them minorities um, uh, that was where she put her effort so but uh, it, 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 it's a long answer for uh, for the question for, for to the issue of was she cautious? yes yeah, she was cautious she was also as you say Tim Sappy and, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah and, and uh, it, uh, another thing that, uh, to, to note is that if you're a prosecutor um, you know you have a you have a huge amount of power over uh, the lives of people you prosecute uh, their personal freedom their property I think you want somebody who is, uh, who, who, who thinks long and hard before you, fi- if you're a prosecutor, before uh, that prosecutor files charges. Um, so I think you 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 want uh, a prosecutor who is who is careful and, and make sure she has um, uh, has has uh, cause to bring a case. In hey, the Trump case, it, it would have been great politics. She chose not
0: <laughs> to bring it. Hey Dan, I have a question for you. So, in uh, in researching this book, what was the biggest surprise for you as you were looking into this?
2: Um, well, one thing I did not know in in working on this uh, bef- before I before I started Kamala's Way, I did not realize um, the sort of recurrent theme in, in in Kamala Harris's world, which is that. Of it, it. well it's an empathy piece um, it started at least when she was in high school she had a friend uh, uh, up in Montreal where she went to high school who, who uh, endured abuse at home and um, she had this um, friend uh, move in with her um, to avoid what was going on in her home life um, they uh, reconnected later in, in life uh, the friend reached out to, to um, District Attorney Harris. Um, uh, she had seen uh, Harris on uh, an episode of Oprah. They reconnected. Anyway, this is uh, one of the reasons uh, Harris says she 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 wanted to be um, a prosecutor was was this this uh, experience she had with this friend back in high school, uh, the need to the desire to you know sort of help people who were victimized uh, particularly uh, uh, in in these sorts of of abuse situations Uh, but then there are other instances there's there's a great example in San Francisco she's district attorney a friend of hers from law school uh, uh, had a neighbor uh, who um, was uh, near near death and was at the Laguna, Laguna Honda a nursing home in San Francisco and he uh, uh, called Harris knowing that his friend, his neighbor had been a supporter of Harris's and asked that Harris um, uh, might want to write a note to this woman and Harris uh, rather than write a note told this uh, fellow this attorney uh, Matt Davis Matthew Davis um, what are you doing now let's let's meet at Laguna Honda so they drove separately they met at Laguna Honda and Harris went in and and, you know held this woman's hand for 20 minutes a few days later the woman died Um, you know it's just that's the sort of uh, thing that nobody would know except for this lawyer the woman who died in Kamala Harris I mean there was no camera around the story didn't get told until she was running for, for I think as she's running for president, maybe as vice president. I, I'm, I'm now blocking on that one, but it got told in, in the in the presidential campaign. Um, I just think that there there are, and there are other episodes like that where she just sort of drops everything and visits somebody who um, who was uh, at the end of life. You know, this really kind of tough. You know, the the persona you see uh, 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 certainly in Senate hearings is is of a woman who is uh, very, very tough, kind of unforgiving. (laughs) You know, she she she's a a prosecutorial, but she's got this sort of empathy bone, which I found interesting and and and
1: surprising. You know, there was an incident you described in a. Uh, Kamala Harris is giving a speech to a group and she's talking about issues um, that uh, you know she wants to discuss, including gun control the need for gun control and keeping guns out of the hands of people who are going to shoot into school grounds and shoot them up and criminals and that kind of thing it's a common issue for her a familiar issue for her and at one point uh, describing the victims, she says, babies, babies, babies And not realizing, really, that there was a seven-year-old, there was a young person in the audience. And immediately, Kamala wished she had not said that. She was afraid she might be, you know, basically really hurting this young person who happened to be in the audience with her mom. So after the speech, Kamala sits down with the girl for, the young girl, for quite a long time. Uh, soothing her and telling her that she's protected and don't worry. And, but it was kind of a remarkable thing where normally I think a political figure like that would be schmoozing with the audience and instead she takes the young girl aside and with her mom they sit down and, and you know try to make her feel better. I thought that was interesting. I never heard that anecdote before but I thought it was interesting. It goes along with what you're saying about it. It's sort of surprising.
2: Yeah, well, that was at the end of the Senate her her run for for U.S. Senate. So she was, you know, it was October. She was busy. Uh, she was at, at Boulevard in San Francisco restaurant in San Francisco um, for a fundraiser, um, and 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 the person who who told me the story, Aaron Lahane, um, uh, I mean, she works for the, the uh, State Building. Uh, Trades Union. Um, uh, she told me the story. It was her daughter, Rose. Um, and uh, uh, I- again, it was one where there were no cameras. There was nobody there, but but um, uh, Cabla Harris, uh, uh, Aaron Lehane and her and her daughter Rose. Um, you know, it was just it was it was um, uh, to me it was a poignant. Uh, episode, and, and it fit with with uh, with some of the others that I uh, heard and tried to tell most of them, not all of them, uh, uh, in, in, in this book.
1: You know, another surprise for me was, um, uh, the relationship wasn't a surprise, because of course I'd heard about this for years and many others with Willie Brown uh, and Kamala Harris, and I assumed that it was one of many, many relationships that Brown had that were basically gone and out of the way, and it is what it is. And it didn't seem to me to be particularly interesting. But what made this one interesting, I think, is that they were together for a period of time. Uh, But after they separated uh, or stopped their affair, which I guess people learned about in Herb Cain's column, after they... Stopped their affair. He still was working for her behind the scenes, because I think they both recognized it was a politi- could be a political detriment for her and him to be publicly associated, even though they had, you know, uh, split up. And the quote I think he had a quote in there about um, from Wooly Brown saying it was a true love affair. Uh, she was in love with me, and I was in love with me, <laughs> and that sounded like. That's a wooly brown quote right there. But they were longer. Their relationship seemed to be longer than I expected. It seemed to span a period of several years, uh, rather than you know, you know, one hot summer in Marin County or something.
2: Yeah, well, it it was in '94 and 5. that was their relationship, and it ended. It was uh, I don't think it was uh, well. So she's never spoken about it, and and, and to the extent. Speaker Browns has spoken about it. It, it, it you know, it's not any any you know, great detail. I mean it's really he has he has spoken about it much more than she has. She did speak about it in in some detail uh, as she was running for district attorney in two thousand three. So this relationship ended in ninety five. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, so eight years later she's running for district attorney and her opponents are um, at least one of her opponents is is uh, using that relationship to to hammer her basically uh, you know, this is at the end of mayor Willie Brown's tenure and uh, uh, and maybe he's not quite as popular at the end of his tenure as he was at the beginning of it um, so they're using this against her um, uh, she gave a, some very blunt remarks Uh, San Francisco Weekly, uh, basically of calling him an albatross, the relationship an albatross, and and how she was uh, going to his his time in office was ending, and and she was going to be around for forty years, and and, uh, you know, so so on and so forth. So uh, she she has made it very clear uh, in in that interview that. that, uh, you know, whatever they had is long over. Um, you know he he doesn't. I mean he still talks, to, he still has publicly talked about her, including that line that he quoted about and, uh, you know mm-hmm. being in love with himself. <laughs> um, it was ultimately, uh, I think um, uh, you know, a true power imbalance, balance I mean it's a thirty year age difference uh, and and he he at the time in ninety four and five, he's running for, for mayor of San Francisco uh, he has lost the speakership uh, because the Republicans took control of, of the assembly in, in the '94. politician. No doubt, he opened doors. Was was he was he uh, more helpful than Mark Buell? Was he more helpful than than some of the other people who are uh, who are in this book? Uh, you
1: know, I'm not sure. Well, Dan, just uh, one last question. Uh, from the research you've done and the writing you've done on on uh, Kamala, do you have any feeling, any prediction about how she will be? how she will serve as the vice president? Do you have any, have you seen any signals that will give us clues as to how she's going to be, how she'll fit in with the Biden administration and what, how she'll define her role as vice president?
2: Well, I, you know, I think the issues that she cares about um, are, are, are going to be, uh, you know, she's not going to, she's not going to, you know, shy away from the issues that she truly cares about. So... You know, I think I think gun safety is going to be an issue that 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 you know that she will uh, help on, that she will uh, take stands on. You know, certainly uh, certainly women's health issues uh, uh, and civil rights issues. She's 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 not going to shy away from those. But in in order to succeed as vice president, she and and you know we I think can assume that she wants to run for president because she already has. In order to succeed, she has to be the best vice president she can possibly be. So I don't think that... I, I'm just going to be shocked if, if, um, if we see any significant daylight between uh, what President Biden wants and what she thinks. I mean, I think she will keep any disagreements with him or uh, uh, behind closed doors, I think she will talk to him about it. I don't think uh, I'm just going to be shocked if there are leaks about it. She's a very disciplined person um, in 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 her politics. Um, she uh, she doesn't um, make too many mistakes, and uh, and I don't think that this is. Um, that this is going to be one where where, where we're just going to. I, mean, I just think she's going to try to be the best vice president she can be, which is to say, she. I think she'll probably try to model her vice presidency after how Joe Biden served as as uh, vice president under Barack Obama. she she will she will be his wing person in, in, in as much as she she possibly can. That will be, and if she seeks. Succeeds at that, and then then she you know she could move up up to the next step, which would be the be the Democratic nominee. I don't know that that's going to be in 2024. So the people, I guess, the conventional wisdom is that Biden is a one-term president. I, I'm, I'm not buying that. Uh, okay. You know?
0: <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Great, Dan Dan Marine. Thank you so much. Tim, did you have anything? Uh, no, thank Dan, that was great. Thank you so much. I look forward to reading the book.
1: Oh, yeah, it's great. I'll, I'll give you my copy. I had it hand-delivered, so I'll get it to you, Tim.
0: Yeah, so, uh, by the way, our listeners, if you buy the book, Dan Moraine will actually come and hand-deliver that to you. Uh, you know. That's right. Oh, you know, actually, I did have one question. So, Dan, uh, this is, uh, uh, I'm not sure you can, maybe we'll cut this out if it doesn't fit. Um, you're the president of the Sacramento Press Club, and the Press Club just introduced awards for journalists and when is the closing date on that and can you talk about that at all
2: well this is this is um very exciting this is our this is the sacramento press club's uh, first uh, awards our our goal is to uh, award the the uh, the uh, to recognize the um the uh, best work and and California policy and, and politics. Uh, it's open to anybody who uh, uh, who, who writes uh, uh, in, in in California, including national uh, uh, publications if they've got a good California story. Uh, we uh, uh, you can start submitting right now. Let me uh, let me get the details here, and uh, so you can submit your. Uh, 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 submissions now January uh, and uh, and and we're we're gonna cut off the uh, submissions on February 5th um, there are a bunch of uh, categories um, uh, more than a dozen categories for, for uh, print digital um, uh, video uh, radio podcast audio and um, uh, and uh, some of it will be, uh, you know, it's, it's enterprise reporting, it's beat reporting, it's it's it's, it's uh, uh, environmental reporting. Um, this will be a, you know, we hope that this will become a really important uh, awards program for uh, California journalists. Um, we're not sure that there's anybody in this. In this niche of course uh, uh, SPJ uh, gives awards but th- this is really going to be focused on California policy and politics so it could be a a, a great piece on homelessness that runs in San Diego um, I know the Chronicle has done some amazing work on, on homelessness as has the LA Times um, racial justice um, uh, uh, you know, commentary there, there there are there are some, some good categories we've got some great judges um so please go to uh, sacramentopressclub.org uh you'll see uh the uh the link there to the awards program you can see the guidelines and and send send in your send in your best work one of the things that we're going to do is is, uh, select the journalist of the year um we're going to name that after uh uh, our friend, uh, uh, great Sacramento journalist uh, Virginia Ellis. It'll be uh, excellent. Uh, she's uh, um, she she was uh, my colleague and my boss for um, several years at the LA Times, and, and just one of the one of the really truly great.
0: Hey Dan, that's great. Thank you so much, and we'll uh, hopefully you'll get some submissions. Of, and thanks again for talking about the book. It really sounds great.
2: You bet. You yep. bet. Um, one thing you might want to note is um, the avid reader in Sacramento gives Sacramento Press Club uh, members a twenty percent discount on the purchase of books, and it will have, I believe, uh, Kamala's Way" uh, for sale on uh, starting uh, January twelfth.
0: Hey, that's excellent. And so uh, the avid reader—that's on Broadway at about, uh, if I remember right, Broadway and Eighteenth. Uh,
2: yes, it's on Broadway. Yeah. Is it on Eighteenth? I think
0: it's on. It's Broadway. in the former. Uh, it's in a former auto parts shop. I do remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, Dan. But thanks again. This is great. This was <laughs> a lot of fun. The book, the book is great. Good. Uh,
0: and. Uh, All right. Hey, anytime, guys. Hey, thanks, Dan, and yeah. we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Take care. Bye bye. The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Bye-bye.